This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Welcome to Politics Done Right from the studios of KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, your community radio station. We have a great program for you today. We are in our winter fun drive, but folks, please stick with me. I'm not just going to give you a fun drive pitch. I'm not just going to be doing a whole lot of pitching and pitching and pitching. I'm going to do a short pitch here at the beginning. I'm going to do a slight little pitch in the middle. And then at the end, a small pitch. It's all going to be a total of somewhere around five minutes. So stay with the whole program. AOC is going to talk about moderates and centrists and progressives who really held back the Biden agenda. Let's be real. A little nine-year-old girl had something special to, uh, when her mother asked her a certain something. A young nine-year-old white girl, her mother said, reading this, does this make you unhappy? Does it make you sad? She was wise beyond her words. Uh, we have a new economist, not a new economist, actually worked for El Presidente Obama. He had a lot to say about what's going on in the economy today, real words, as opposed to the fantasy that you hear on the television day after day after day. Do you remember under the Clinton administration that he was the only recent president to have a balanced budget? He was the only recent president to have, actually not the recent, he's a president that has had the largest gain in employment ever in the United States history. And then comes along Biden as we had the recovery, a recovery that when placed against any other is unparalleled, is unmatched. How can you get the narrative so wrong that you allow those on the right to change what reality is? We're going to cover all those issues. We're also going to cover other things. Don't forget, please support the show. Support the station as well. Why am I asking you to support KPFT 90.1 FM Houston? It is extremely important. Remember that KPFT embraces cultural diversity. We represent the entire Houston, the entire metropolitan area. We represent the entire 
country. KPFT supports programming that's not the status quo. We challenge the status quo. We don't give you what the corporatocracy just want to give you. We are here to tell you not only the truth, but to express it in a way that we all understand. That's KPFT's job. We are not trying to forget the past. We embrace the past. And we are there to celebrate the future because things change. What am I saying? Please remember KPFT 90.1 FM is a gem. We are in the process of moving. We are in the process of relocating to a new space. We need you more than we have ever needed you before to keep this thing going. Over 50 years of giving you great info, not only progressive programming, but alternative pro- uh, programming. What do we mean by alternative programming, we mean things that you are not going to get elsewhere. We also mean telling you the truth about things that others may not want you to know. So please remember, folks, call 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. But even better, visit kpft.org, click the donate button, make sure you select politics done right for the program. The form will give you your donate and gift options. Please get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of $120. Get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The Contributions from my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org. Choose Politics Done Right for the program and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support. That is there to provide that nourishment that we need. KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. You can listen and or watch Politics Done Right Mondays through Fridays on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash politicsdoneright or on YouTube Live at politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Please do not forget to follow me on Twitter for updates. My Twitter handle is at Egberto Willis, at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L. I-E-S. But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all central time. We are going to talk about a whole lot of stuff in this program as we pitch as well. But we have a lot of content for you folks. So stick around for the whole program. Well, it is that time. And folks, you know what I do. You know how I say it. Folks, let's go ahead and do what? Let's get busy. 
My daughter sent me a text right uh, earlier today. It says the following. And when I saw it, I, you know, I was like, this young girl is perfect. She said the following. Ask my nine-year-old how she felt reading this book as a white person. The book was the story, pro- the, the, the 1619 Project Born on the Water. All right. So her daughter is reading it. Her white daughter is reading it. And she said, ask my nine-year-old how she felt reading this book. As a white person, she said, I think the only white person that feel bad or mad or uncomfortable reading about the stuff that white people did in history are the people who want to do it again. Stop banning books. And then, of course, she also tags uh, Jones. Here is the... Here, I'm, I'm pu- putting it on the screen since I, I wasn't fast enough to do it before. So here is that. I want you guys to see this tweet. You can go look it up as well and maybe retweet it. And le- let's go ahead and retweet this woman's tweet. I'm going to retweet it as well. And I'm going to put, I'm actually probably going to write a blog about it because I think just those small amount of words are so powerful. What that little girl had to say. When we allow psychopaths to reign, when we allow a group of people, small group, to gain the kind of power that allows them control over many of us, what we get is the beginning, the destruction of society. And society is destroyed one person at a time, one group at a time. I want you to listen to this, uh, this cop And I I don't want to necessarily call him an anti-vaxxer, but he is an anti-vaxxer who refused to take the vaccine. And he was proud in doing so. And he was exuberant in his new fame. He told the governor to go kiss his you-know-what. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Robert LeMay was a Washington state police officer who became something of a hero on the anti-vax right after he was fired from his job last October for refusing to get vaccinated. LeMay gained particular notoriety for his rather crude send-off to Washington's Democratic Governor Jay Inslee. This is my final sign-off um, after 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington being asked to leave because I am dirty. This is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car. Me and Jay Inslee can kiss my ass. In addition to a number of glowing segments, that video earned LeMay two interviews on Fox News, including one with the network's primetime star, Laura Ingram, who said the officer had become a celebrity for his refusal to get vaccinated. What's next for you, other than being a celebrity now? What's next for you? I'm a spokesperson for thousands and thousands, I even say millions of people. I think there's two million people that have actually viewed it. It's been 99% positive from everybody. I think this is my path right now. There's a lot of job offers that I'm getting, phenomenal job offers. All right, well, Um, a a sleeping giant. Yeah, maybe a a sleeping giant. So hopefully we hope that that's what's happened here. A month ago, LeMay was tragically hospitalized with COVID. And after spending some time on a ventilator, he succumbed to the virus last Friday. He leaves behind a wife and four children. LeMay was a, a true believer who really did not trust the vaccine. And, and he lived his values in principle. LeMay is also not alone. I mean, a staggering number of law enforcement officers have died from COVID. In fact, it has been their leading cause of all cops in the country, the leading cause of death for two years now. It's also a microcosm of a larger 
larger daily tragedy in America that's almost unfathomable. We are still losing a shocking number of people every day now, roughly a year after vaccines became widely available. An average of around 2,500 Americans are dying day after day after day after day after day. 2022 will be another year in which COVID is one of the leading causes of death in America. In fact, more people died from COVID in one 11-day period this month than have ever died from homicide in an entire year in this country's history. The vast majority of those deaths are entirely preventable. That's what's so maddening and so upsetting because all it takes is a few shots to confer hugely beneficial reduction in risk. The horrifying tragedy of America right now is embodied in this story of this individual who lived his values, who was not pretending, really did what he believed in. Those values, no doubt informed by right-wing media, including Fox News. Robert LeMay did that interview with Laura Ingram from his squad car. She appeared to be safely ensconced in some remote studio. Ingram's almost certainly vaccinated, probably boosted because she works for Fox News, a company that takes this virus very, very seriously, at least behind the scenes. They've got all sorts of regulations. They mandate a vaccine or constant testing for their employees. But of course, that message does not make it to the committed viewers of the network. No, no, no. They only hear the anti-vax talking points that made Robert LeMay a celebrity for their own ratings, for fame, for cynical monetary purposes. I think they do. I don't know. They don't have enough money. Uh, That network, which is overseen by CEO Suzanne Scott, she's the woman who calls the shots over there and you should know her name, has decided to fan the flames of vaccine resistance. And those flames are getting thousands of people killed. Thousands and thousands and thousands. And when those people die, they are, of course, forgotten by Fox News. LeMay passed away on Friday. And as of this afternoon, the network has not mentioned his death once. As of this afternoon, as of the, the Fox News has mentioned nothing about LeMay's death. You know, it's easy to sit back and say, well, he deserved it. It's easy to sit back and say, well, uh, Darwinism, survival of the fittest. If you decide to be willfully ignorant, then you deserve what comes with it. It's easy to say all those things. I want to say them myself. Then I realize in doing so, I would be no better than the psychopaths at Fox News, than the psychopaths that run our corporations who refuse to give away these vaccines in as much as much of the vaccine was developed by we the people, I would be just as much a psychopath of all of those who profiteered from this disease. Again, if you take a look at the stats, many a billionaire was created during this pandemic. They took advantage of the amount of businesses that had to close, the amount of people that could no longer work and concentrated all that wealth accumulation for the few that could create that infrastructure to work under a pandemic. Psychopaths. Fox News. Psychopaths. The corporatocracy psychopaths, those that are increasing prices because they can, they have price and power, their competition because of COVID is gone. Psychopaths. Folks, let's understand what's going on. All of this can be mitigated if we get the right progressives in power. The entire narrative right now is to say the economy is bad and all these kinds of things. And there's not pushback to say the economy is not bad. The economy is doing just fine. There are areas in the economy that needs fixing. 
And the truth of the matter, Build Back Better would have fixed a lot of it. But because of two evil Democratic senators and the entire evil Democratic, I mean, Republican Senate, uh, it was not able to be realized. And because of that, we will have many starving children. We will have many people, many people that be living in their streets. That's a fact. The evilness of two Democratic senators and all Republican senators are putting an, an all, uh, an all but 10 uh, Republican Congress people are putting a lot of hurt on a lot of people. And I want to talk about how I'm calling this evil. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And how I'm calling these other things out. And the reason I want to is I have a message for Democrats I want to tell in a minute. But anyhow, let's listen to what everyone has to say, this economist on Biden's economy, and then we'll take it on the other side. Because this economist is not going to do what the others do. He's just going to talk. A matter of fact, this is how things are. Pick this up, we'll take it on the other side. The first year of the Biden economy has outpaced every single prediction from every single corner, from the government to private banks and Wall Street, about how fast American growth could recover. It blew through all the estimates, growing at its fastest pace since 1984. It amounts to one of the greatest macroeconomic policy success stories in a generation, and it's currently under attack from right-wing politicians and media and getting drowned out by the angst of high prices. But it is there. Jason, um, you know, you were there... Uh, dealing with the difficulty of the last time a Democratic president was sworn into office with the country in the midst of crisis and huge <laughs> uh, economic challenges. And so and I think you have the scars to show for it because it's a very difficult job that, that, that you all inherited in the Obama administration. What what would you say? How would you characterize the what's the policy grade you give the macroeconomic and fiscal response this time around? You know, I'm glad that we've seen such a big response. You know, there's two differences between this experience and the experience we had before. Um, the first is this was in some ways like a natural disaster that hit. Mm -hmm. It's not all the way gone away, but it's somewhat gone away. The second is our policy response was too small. I think this one erred on the side of being too large, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm glad when I see the economic growth that you just showed your viewers. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's this there's a little bit of this sort of Goldilocks question. And the question is, if you're going to miss in what direction? And, uh, you know, it, it, you could have a situation in which prices are low and inflation is low and we've got unemployment at 7%, um, at which point everyone would be complaining about unemployment, obviously, and not about inflation. But it seems to me like this is the better problem to have, which is part of the key, my understanding of, of the macroeconomic targeting that happened here. Oh, look, yes, I'd much rather have a low unemployment rate and a high inflation rate than um, the opposite. Absolutely. I mean, we can debate if you went back in time, could you have done something better? Should the Fed be doing something different? They're starting to change what they're doing. So I don't think there is 
you know, zero constraint on what you do. I don't think the more the better um, is always true. There is a Goldilocks sure. part of it. Um, but big picture, 3.9% unemployment, 5.5% growth this past year. Um, you know, that's that's really, really impressive. We, yes, that is really, really impressive. A 5 point something percent growth rate. Everybody would have been screaming if that had happened. Under El Senor Donald Trump, he would be talking about how high the stock market was, how great the growth is bet. And not only that, he would have said, since since Ronald Reagan, there has never been there has never been ever an economy like this. And it shouldn't have been since Ronald Reagan. It would have been since uh, Bill Clinton, because Bill Clinton had a bigger economy than Ronald Reagan. Bill Clinton, I, I wrote this in my book as I see it. You know, to show you how the media continues to play into the right. If you take a look at Ronald Reagan's economies and deficits, it's a it's a mess. If you take a look at Clinton's economy and deficit, it looks great. Clinton had many more people employed, more people got jobs under Clinton than under Reagan. Would you know that? No, nobody talks about it. They talk about the Reagan miracle. Not only that. Clinton actually balanced the budget. Clinton actually balanced the budget. Reagan continued to explode the budget till he had to have the largest tax increase in American history. Do you ever hear that? No, because they talk tax and tax cut, tax cut, and they say all these things. But what they actually do has little to do with their narrative, with their talk. But if they talk loud enough, and the media, instead of doing their homework, tell the truth, or if the, media, if the media won't get scared that telling the truth get them into trouble, you know, again, I wrote all of that in my book. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. What we had under Reagan was a mirage. Under Clinton, we actually balanced the budget. Clinton had a the, the tax increase that he placed, a broad-based tax increase, right? Not one Republican voted for it. I wrote this in a book as well. And every and they all said the economy was going to go south. The opposite occurred. And we know, we know from a macroeconomic reason, from a Keynesian economic reason, why his economy zoomed and why the budget went to zero. Actually, it went into surplus under Clinton. You don't hear that. Nobody hears that. Anytime they hear Clinton, they hear Monica Lewinsky. They don't hear that he had one of the best economies in, in, well, economies for a capitalist system, that is, right? You don't hear that, but that is what happens. Look at the numbers. Folks, if you are on YouTube, please go ahead and give us that thumbs up. We need that, as well as click that join button. But anyhow, so folks, remember that. Clinton had the best economy. And not only that, remember also that in if you take a look for the last 100 years, the economy grows bigger and better under uh, Democratic presidents than under Republican presidents. You don't have to take my word for it. Look it up. It's three point something percent in the aggregate on average, including depressions versus two point something percent, a big 50 percent different in economic growth on, uh, uh, as Democrat versus Republican. These are facts. You don't hear the media saying that. They would have you believe that, and that's why many Americans think, oh, uh, the, the Republicans are more fiscally responsible. The Republicans are fiscally irresponsible because they're not interested in cutting spending for the big guys. They're interested in cutting welfare and all of that, but welfare and all those things are peanuts. 
The big money is in defense. The big money is in those big price areas. Things like, oh, milk, milk for kids, little bit of food stamps. That's peanuts. But, it, but they can give you a visual. They can show you. Uh, that they can when they want to scare Americans, they can go ahead and say, "Look at those fat black women going with those food stamps. Look at that fat Latina. Why don't she get a job?" When we know that Latinas and black folk work like crazy, when given the opportunity, go to a black neighborhood, go look at the bus stops, and ask why do they go through so much trouble to go to the other side of town? Because business is not in their communities. You don't see business in their communities. So they also have to commute and they do it. So the fallacies that we hear to give Americans, and, and that's why I forgive Americans in the aggregate, because it's, it's wants you to hear to keep us divided against each other. Let's go ahead and play our second video. This one is very important. I want you to take a listen to this because AOC has the message for moderates and what and that the decline in El Señor Biden's rating right now is really caused by whom again? Los los moderates. Here it is. Justice Pryor, on behalf of all the American people, our Build Back Better plan is paid for. It doesn't increase the deficit. And maybe the best news of all, it will actually help alleviate inflation. The Build Back Better plan lowers prices for families and gets people working. The president met with some of the nation's top CEOs today as he tries to salvage major components of his stalled agenda. Still with us, New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, Congresswoman, what is your reaction when you hear some in your party, some in the media, already blaming the left for the midterms defeat that seems to be coming your party's way and for Biden's low approval ratings? What do you say to their argument that Joe Biden went too far left in his first year? He was too ambitious. Or as your House colleague Abigail Spanberger has said, nobody elected him to be FDR. Well, you know, I think folks like that, uh, what they don't want to admit is that Biden has governed pretty much exactly the way they have they have asked him to. But the problem is that the way they have asked him to govern has been to slow down, not do too much. And we are now seeing the political consequences of not directly improving people's lives quickly. Well, here's the thing. I can't point to one major agenda where progressives or this so-called left sidelined the of the party in some dramatic fashion um, that can lead to this. I mean, the moderate end of the party has received everything that they have wanted from President Biden, including President Biden as the nominee himself. They got their president. They got their agenda. They got their sequence. They got their infrastructure plan with no BBB. They got all of it. And I can't really point to any real substantive or serious or intellectually rigorous argument as to anything that the progressive wing has done, aside from supporting President Biden, oftentimes yeah. more than the moderate wing of the party has um, in a way that, that yeah. could lead to sinking poll numbers. There's just, you know, when you don't change people's lives, people get upset and we can improve people's Love. lives. We can forgive student loan debt and we can improve his poll numbers while we're at it. 
Yeah, last time I checked, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema were not self-styled socialists. Uh, what do you want to see happen to build back better now? Is it dead? Because last night, former Obama advisor David Pluff told me on this show that the Dems now basically have to just give Manchin what he wants, put what he wants in it, lose the rest. If you have to break it into chunks, do it. But you pass it and you run on whatever gets passed in November. Do you agree with that strategy? Oh, the thing, the complication with that is that that's already been done with Build Back Better. Uh, Manchin issued really a laundry list of requests and demands uh, and changes to what he wanted to build back better. The first, you know, that was the story of 2020. Um, He wanted it decoupled. He wanted it shrunk. He wanted it changed. And he was essentially catered to throughout this entire process. The issue that we have is that every day, Joe Manchin, Senator Manchin wakes up, he has a different demand and he wants to start over from scratch every single day. And so that is a quite difficult uh, position to work with. You know, this idea of just give him what he wants. He has been given everything that he wants. And so I believe that what the president, uh, you know, some avenues, not just the president, but the party, that we really need to explore what are the alternative uh, measures to, to either bring Senator Manchin to the table or how do we start exploring elements of of Biden's agenda that can move forward without, um, w- you know, without Senator Manchin. And that is what's so important. How can we move it forward? Because the truth of the matter is, uh, to put it bluntly, we really can't. But, 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 I think the way you win the election in 2022 this year is to point out what the deficiencies are. And then go out there and campaign for it. For those who are thinking that, oh, the big loss for Democrats, including in Georgia, where they're sort of behind in the polls right now, is baked in. And they're not behind by a bunch. For a state like Georgia, the amount that they're behind is negligible, really. Uh, what I find ironic is Warnock and Herschel Walker are in a virtual tie. We have a, I mean, we have a, a, I, I don't like to be negative, but well, it's, it's just hard to believe that those two are um, in a virtual tie. It's just hard to believe. But but it is time. Uh, I spoke to somebody recently. I don't quite remember who it was. Actually, I do remember it was a local politician running for Congress last night. Um, she contacted me and I called her up last night after I was done with my, with some of my work. And she said, I am going to run there. There's this red district, the new district in Texas. I am running for it, Egberto. And here's the deal. I asked her, how are you going to campaign? Are you going to campaign as a progressive? And she, initially she just said, yes. And I said, but are you, I, I trust that what you're going to campaign about is going there and tell people what you intend to do for them. And she said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And the reason I'm, I ask the questions that way is if we go into these, if we go into 2022, first telling people what we are going to do, why much of it was yet to be done because of obstructionists like all the Republicans and two Democratic senators, but we intend to do this. If we do that, we win. But let me tell you, what we cannot allow is for this election not to be fought on the terms of 
what we are going to do for you. Because I tell you what happens if we don't fight it on the terms of what we are going to do for you. They don't intend to fight on policy. In fact, they they asked Mitch Romney, what are Republicans running on? And Mitt Romney says, let me get back to you on that. I mean, isn't it? Isn't that an easy answer? We're running on making sure Americans get the things that they need. That's a simple answer. Don't forget, please support the show. Support the station as well. Why am I asking you to support KPFT 90.1 FM Houston? It is extremely important. Remember that KPFT embraces cultural diversity. We represent the entire Houston, the entire metropolitan area. We represent the entire country. KPFT supports programming that's not the status quo. We challenge the status quo. We don't give you what the corporatocracy just want to give you. We are here to tell you not only the truth, but to express it in a way that we all understand. That's KPFT's job. We are not trying to forget the past. We embrace the past and we are there to celebrate the future because things change. What am I saying? Please remember KPFT 90.1 FM is a gem. We are in the process of moving. We are in the process of relocating to a new space. We need you more than we have ever needed you before to keep this thing going. Over 50 years of giving you great info, not only progressive programming, but alternative uh, programming. What do we mean by alternative programming? We mean things that you are not going to get elsewhere. We also mean telling you the truth about things that others may not want you to know. So please remember, folks, call 713- 526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. But even better, visit kpft.org. Click the donate button. Make sure you select politics done right for the program. The form will give you your donate and gift options. Please get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of $120. Get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The Contributions for my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org. Choose Politics Done Right for the program and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. We are out there in the field today with Houston, one of Houston's premier activists, Neil Aquino. Neil, talk about what you guys are doing out there in the streets of Houston, Texas. We're here for the five-year anniversary of the John Cornyn Houston office protest. We've been here uh, since uh, for five years. This is week 260, and we believe elections matter, and we believe that these uh, climate uh, climate change and democracy issues are headed to the street as well in some type of mass movement. 
And so we set the example by physically showing up for five years. Now, Neil, go ahead and go into that crowd. Let me see some of those great people that are out there with some of those signs that you guys have out there. Let's because see. Here are some of the Patriots right here. This is Egberto Willies. Here's Ira. We got Egberto Willies on right here. Hey, let me talk to Ira. Ira is, a, Ira is a great contributor to Politics Done Right. Say it again, Egberto. I want to talk to Ira. Ira is a great, great Hi. friend of Politics Done Right. Ira Egberto would like to confer with you on your love of freedom. Hey, Ira. Hey. How are hey, you doing, sir? Good to see you, my friend. It's great to see you guys. The first thing I want to tell you guys is thank you for what you guys are doing. The only way we are going to survive is if people like you guys out there are doing what you're doing. Thank you. We are the true patriots and matriots. Exactly. Exactly. The true patriots and matriots. Tell me a little bit about what you are doing for the movement right now. What am I doing for the movement? Immediately after the street protest, I'm joining a group of volunteers to meet with Sylvia Garcia, Texas 29, via Zoom, to get her to endorse Medicare for All. You know, uh, excellent. Great. Thank you for doing that Medicare for All thing. I've been following a lot of the work that you've been doing with Medicare for All. You know, we're all on the same page. We're going to, in the long run, brother, get that done. Let me have Neil again. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank great. you for what you do. All right, great. And Egberto, let me just show you. Polly Johnson, the best sign maker in town. Five years. Hey, Guess Paul, how you doing? Thank you. And uh, here we go. And we got, we got a good crew today. And uh, we've been here out on this corner, Memorial and Teetering. 5300 Memorial Drive every Tuesday, 1130 to one. No end in sight. Regretfully. Now, let, let me tell I want to tell our audience something, Neil, and this is important. I hope you can hear me because I want you to hear me. This is what it really takes. People have to understand that the only way we make a change is when we don't only engage online, but when we physically engage like Neil Aquino and Ira and all these other great patriots are out there. But the other side always talk about, we are the patriots. These are the patriots that you're looking at because they are looking out for every single American and just not a few. Give me some closing words, Neil. Well, we, uh, you, you said that we're going to have to physically show up. Voting matters. But these fights, even if they pass voting rights legislation, which they don't seem to be able to do, there's no guarantee that the Republican governors or the courts wouldn't nullify it and turn it over. So we are going to physically be on the street. We don't know what a mass movement looks like in the 21st century, but we are setting the example of physically showing up and additional elections are possible and are important. You can believe both at once without it being an inconsistency. Neil Aquino, extra art, uh, activist extraordinaire out of Houston, Texas, covers the entire Houston metropolitan area and beyond. A, a resident of a previous resident of Cincinnati. Thank you so kindly for being with Politics Done Thank Right. Thank you, my and Egberto, and all, the, all your many viewers. Thank you. We are honored today to have once again El Senor Arturo Dominguez, who is the author of, I think it's Latin Rebels. What's the name of the, the, your rag? Oh, uh, Antagonist Mag, the Antagonist Magazine at antagonistmag.com. 
Okay, the, the Antagonist magazine.com, but, but there's a whole lot more that you do because you're also with, and I'm going to have that in the um, in the lead up to, to this thing, all the places that you're actually blogging and writing at. You're one of our preeminent writers out here. But anyhow, the, the, one of the reasons we're talking, um, Arturo, is that it, at one of our writers' organizations, Woke, we were discussing an issue with John Liguosano, who had something to say. Why don't you tell us that story and we'll move on from there? Well, I'll try to sum it up without butchering it. Um, essentially, you know, he had he made a comment during an interview where he had said that, um, you know, he avoided the sun to um, maintain a more white appearance so that he's, I guess, more appealing to, you know, directors and casters and stuff like that. Um, and there was a couple of, there's a lot of things to take away from that, I think, because, you know, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, let me, let me stop you there because uh, you, you are, you as being a Latino who can pass, I was right. actually surprised as well, your reaction, right? Because whereas the, this group that we were uh, discussing, this group of writers, I was a predominantly African-American type group mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and whereas most of the people in that group looked at it like, oh, great thing that he did. They, they actually were very forgiven. You actually mm -hmm. got pretty darn upset. Explain. Well, my being upset, I, I was a little disappointed because um, to me, I, I, it runs a little contradictory to everything he stood for. So in, in a sense for he's had, he's had clout for a while. Okay. Um, and, and and I think that maybe he should have called it out sooner, but he also participated in um, perpetuating that 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 uh, whiteness type of thing. You know, light light skin is better. You know, you hear it in the black community too about colorism in Hollywood stuff like that. You know, it's a big problem across the board. And in a sense, like I'm a huge John Leguizamo fan. I like I, a personal favorites of mine are all his one man shows. They're like really good, really well thought out. And, and he's a great talent, but, um, and, and one of the reasons I'm trying to get in touch with him is because I want to try to see how, how I can navigate this area, you know, being a huge fan of his and a supporter of all his advocacy. And like, he understands racism. He understands colorism. He knows it better than most people do. And I, I to me, I felt like that comment and then, you know, a tweet that he put it out in 2020 after a bunch of black actors won some uh, awards and stuff. You know, he's talking about, you know, why can't Latinx get a piece of the pie? The timing of that. A lot of people accused him of anti-blackness. Oh, wait a minute. Know, I, did, I hadn't known about that one. What was that one about? Well, um, it's it. I put it in an article because I, I wanted to point to um, how he's been accused of anti-blackness before. And it's not that he's anti-black, but I feel like he has a, a pretty glaring blind spot um, where, you know, black people are in the process of celebrating all these black celebrities receiving awards, um, uh, uh, you know, Emmys and stuff. And in that process, he, you know, drops a tweet, you know, saying, you know, when can Latinx get a piece of the pie? And oh, I see what you In other words, what, he wasn't what, being anti-black. He was saying, hey, look at what's happening with this other minority group, why can't it happen to ours as well? Right. His perspective was that, but he, he used a, a clip or he used a, a screenshot of a, the Washington Post article that said something about, you know, black artists, you know, winning all these awards. So a lot of people took that timing as, you know, basically trying to steal black people's joy. 
in a sense. And that, and, and if you're doing that, that's anti-black, but I, I don't, I don't believe that's what his intent was. And I think over time, a couple of days pass, people realize that that's not what his intent was. Um, however, it points to the, to the blind spot situation that I was talking about. And this is one of the reasons why I'd like, I'd love to have the conversation with him because there's very few people out there that can go as in depth as he can. And, and you know how I like to do things. I'm very analytical. I get deep in things and, and I like to talk about the stuff nobody wants to talk about because, you know, that's the only way you're going to achieve change. Well, let me right? tell you how deep this man is. Uh, this man is in leadership position in a mostly, I, w- I was going to say black, but it's a mostly African American women led organization right right that's the kind of clout this man has with the, the women out there they, they 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 love you man if you hear allison and all those folks talk about you they just they just think you're the best thing since apple pie that's awesome <laughs> you know and i and i appreciate that you know i i don't you know i don't uh you know a lot of people would use that like hey look you know i'm accepted here i'm accepted there but, you know, it's not it's not about any of that. Like I came into the Writers and Editors of Color Collective. I was one of the first five or ten people. You know, Allison invited me after she read my uh, White Latinos Don't Exist Wannabes Do article. No, that and, article um, was a bad article, man. That, oh, that man. one just that was a bad article. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, while my thoughts may have changed a little bit on that, they're still pretty much the same. You know, there's not very you know, I'm just more careful about how I address things. But aside from that, you know, I I joined the collective early on and they were a huge supporter of my work on Medium and outside of Medium. And, you know, I started supporting their work and I made a commitment um, at the beginning of 2020 to elevate more black writers. and it just so happened that that summer was a racial reckoning, you know, all that stuff with the Black Lives Matter protests. And uh, I found myself in a position where I'm promoting a lot of black writers and I'm communicating with black writers and becoming part of conversations with black writers while not injecting myself, you know. And I think that more if more people did that, uh, you know, like what was the, the phrase, you know, if you stop. Just shut up so you can listen. If you're talking, you're not listening, right? Right. Um, I think if more people took that approach, um, we could get a lot further. And, you know, for us, for like Latinos and stuff, I think that the true freedom for us can't happen until, you know, we achieve black liberation for black people in this country, you know, and that, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, economic justice, racial, I mean, maybe, you know, even reparations. Um, you know, you talk about racial justice, police reform, things like that, um, because everything they ever use against black people inevitably gets used against us, right? Against Latinos. We saw them do it to indigenous people. We saw them do it to the Chinese with the Chinese Exclusion Act. You know, things like every every white supremacist tool that was used against black people inevitably gets turned and used against someone else. So if we don't address the anti-blackness behind how the capitalist society in the United States is built, then we can't get forward either. You know, that that's our that's the biggest hurdle, and the biggest roadblock. If you can break down the anti-blackness in this country, then it opens the door for everybody. You know, the Please. Civil Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act proved that, you know, when when black people stood up and and got the Civil Rights Act, you know, they had to support the Jewish community, a lot of like the farm workers and things like that. But once, you know, black people achieved the Civil Rights Act, who, who got freedoms from that? The LGBTQ community, Latinos did you know, marriage equality, all that stuff. So, you know, with with whatever the black community has done, it's benefited everybody else. 
Absolutely so. I mean, it's one of the communities that have struggled the most. Now, Arturo, um, we're coming close to the end of our conversation here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the last few? I mean, I, I must admit, I hadn't read the last few articles. I get the emails in, but my, my bag have been so full, but the titles have been sure been intriguing. Tell us uh, a synopsis of your last few uh, articles, and well, I'm going to post them along with our blog. Well, I did one uh, on Medium that I think is relatively important. Um, it's, you know, the deep state is usurping democracy. Uh, I talk about how, you know, right wing, far right people in government, at DHS, politicians in Congress, you know, what, what, what the right likes to say is the deep state. That's their deep state. And they're, you know, actively trying to overthrow our democracy. Um, the other thing Another issue that I that I've been trying to tackle is uh, the misinformation in in on Cuban social media. Um, it's ter- <clears throat> it's terrible. Um, you know, you got these right wing Cubans in Florida that that uh, spread lies. You know, like not just blatant blatant lies, <clears throat> and um, they promote all kinds of crazy stuff. And and there's this thing where like when you're looking at right wing anti communist Cubans. They have a more fascist type of ideology where, you know, they want to go to Cuba. They want to overthrow communism, but they want to go to Cuba and say, you have to do this like this. You know, they're not looking for, you know, Cuba to be to have the power to self-determine, you know. And at this point, the way I see it is, is if the majority of Cubans support the current government, which I believe is still a true fact, um, then who are we to tell them? Otherwise, right? If we're a democratic society, then if we should allow the majority of Cubans to dictate their own government and how I want to, I, I want to stop you there for one reason because I've said things like that before, but I'm not Cuban. I'm a born Panamanian. Right. You right. are Cuban. You are you right. you are from Cuban descent, so you have the right to make that sort of a statement. So I want to ask you something in that light because one of the other things that I've said. Is that uh, you know we have in, in, in Panama a lot of a lot of our Panamanian um, uh, people of color have actually come from Cuba, Jamaica, and all these other places. Right. But the right. one thing in Cuba is when when uh, Batista was in power, uh, people who looked like me spoke right. Spanish, were sweeping floors and dancing, and singing. That's it. Right. If you're if you're lucky to dance and sing, you're you're a better off somebody who looks like me, but right. otherwise you're sweeping floor and cleaning up other people's crap. Right. When, I saw, go ahead. When the Castro regime come in, you can say whatever you want about the Castro regime or whatever. Right. People who looked like me became engineers, lawyers, and doctors. Why don't you expand right. on that for me? Well, you know, prior to Castro, what, you know, a lot of people tend to overlook is that uh, in Cuba, you know, it was just like in the United States. You couldn't go to certain parks. You couldn't go to certain pools. You weren't allowed in, you know, there were whites only places all over Cuba, you know, in the resort areas, uh, um, you know, Havana and stuff like that. If you were, you know, black, like you said, you were picking up other people's crap. Like, you know, you were sweeping floors and scrubbing toilets and that that's all, that's the only work you could get. And for all of Castro's faults, the one thing he got right was civil rights. And yeah, everybody's equally miserable, but that's not totally Castro's fault. And that's not totally, you know, Diaz Canel's fault. That's the United States fault. You know, we have Donald Trump put, you know, 246 sanctions on Cuba 
in, in just four years. And there was already, you know, two, three, four hundred sanctions before that. So, you know, you, you pay penalties for doing business to, with Cuba. Airbnb just found that out recently. They just got hit with a heavy fine for operating Airbnbs out of Cuba and working with the government to do it because there's no other way to do it in Cuba. So, you know, I think if, you know, you lift the embargo, all the economic sanctions, you let them operate a free market economy like what Cubans are trying to implement right now and let them do that, uh, Cuba will be successful and nobody will be able to say anything about it. You may hate the government, you may be, hate all these things, but, you know, you look at Vietnam, Vietnam's communist government, they in, they instilled installed a free market sort of capitalist type of society, private ownership of land, businesses, things like that. And they're doing fine and they're still communist. So that's what Cuba wants to do, essentially. I, 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 they, what, what do you say to Cubans when they're happy, you know, even though it's a communist government? Right. It, it is amazing. And that is that, that is our our blind spot, mostly caused by ignorance and not understanding how the world operates. And, uh, and, and, and right. having folks write what you write. And explain things the way you explain. I think it's essential. So um, I thank you for that. Give me a little closer uh, so that we can get out of here. Uh, as far as the closer, um, and if you want to just, you know, support uh, the Antagonist magazine, uh, the antagonistmag.com. And, you know, I'm on Medium as well. Um, if you just look up at Extreme Arturo anywhere on social media, I'm pretty much there. So, uh yeah, aside from that, um, I'm hoping to maybe have a conversation with John Leguizamo. Maybe he sees this. Maybe he re- reads the article that's scheduled to be published at some point today or tomorrow at Latino Rebels. Um, you know, I've tried communicating with him. He liked one of my uh, uh, posts on Instagram that I that, that I tagged him in. So maybe that's a step closer to having that. that that's a step that closer. Talk. Well, look, Arturo right. Dominguez, publisher of Antagonist Magazine, leader in Woke. Among many other areas where he writes, I'll have that all in the correspondent blog. Arturo, it's first of all, I want to thank you for having turned me on to Woke. It's one of the happiest places that I've been in a very long time. I just did an interview a few days ago and I, 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 I told them that absent Arturo telling me about you guys, I would have never known about you guys. So I, I really do appreciate that. Please keep Amen. doing the work that you do because the importance and the depth of writing that you do is unparalleled. So you please keep doing it. There are not a lot of people doing that. And as far as uh, that article, I'm waiting, my brother. Thank you so kindly for having All been right, on man. Politics and Right. Thank you, Roberto. Don't forget, please support the show. Support the station as well. Why am I asking you to support KPFT 90.1 FM Houston? It is extremely important. Remember that KPFT embraces cultural diversity. We represent the entire Houston, the entire metropolitan area. We represent the entire country. KPFT supports programming that's not the status quo. We challenge the status quo. We don't give you what the corporatocracy just want to give you. We are here to tell you not only the truth, but to express it in a way that we all understand. That's KPFT's job. We are not trying to forget the past. We embrace the past and we are there to celebrate the future because things change. What am I saying? 
Please remember KPFT 90.1 FM is a gem. We are in the process of moving. We are in the process of relocating to a new space. We need you more than we have ever needed you before to keep this thing going. Over 50 years of giving you great info, not only progressive programming, but alternative pro- uh, programming. What do we mean by alternative programming, we mean things that you are not going to get elsewhere. We also mean telling you the truth about things that others may not want you to know. So please remember, folks, call 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. But even better, visit kpft.org, click the donate button, make sure you select politics done right for the program. The form will give you your donate and gift options. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support. That is there to provide that nourishment that we need. KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. You can listen and or watch Politics Done Right Mondays through Fridays on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash politics done right or on YouTube Live at politics done right.com slash YouTube. Please do not forget to follow me on Twitter for updates. My Twitter handle is at Egberto Willies, at E G B E R T O W I L L. I-E-S. But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all central time. Please get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of $120. Get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The contributions for my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org. Choose Politics Done Right for the program and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. Well, folks, that's it for today. You know how I'm going to end this baby. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we, 
the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right.